0: Would you read this to your child? Welcome, mere mortalites, to another round of the book reviews. My name is Kyron, host of the Mere Mortals podcast, but also this one where I dive deeper into the books that I'm reading to give you the juicy information that is within to extract some themes you might not have thought about and to also know about the wild and living on your own. Indeed, we do have Island of the Blue Dolphins by Scott O'Dell. So this book was published in 1960 and it's relatively thin, about 200 pages with some pretty large font type. I'd say it took me about three hours to get through in total. The reason it was so short was because it is a fictional children's novel of a lone girl living on an island off of the coast of California. So this girl's name is Karana and she's 12 years old and basically she's been left behind by her tribe who might come back to save her. We're not too sure. And so we just see how she has to survive basically on her own. And she's encountering lots of wild dogs on this island. We see her survival skills that she needs to feed herself, clothe herself, these sorts of things storms and dealing with nature and earthquakes and then also with other people who come to the island such as alouette hunters and she's kind of like oh i'm not so sure about these people and the varied uh, of animals that are also there it's told from a first person account so we're really seeing everything through her eyes and her thoughts Uh, although there is lots of uncertainty because she doesn't know much about the world she doesn't know how things work and so everything that does happen to her is kind of unknown and unexpected Before we get onto the themes, I'm going to talk a little bit about the author and this book. So Scott O'Dell was uh, actually born Odell Scott, um, but he... Changed his name because he thought it was uh, cooler. And he was born in 1898 and died in 1989. He wrote, I think, 33 books in total. Um, most of these were for kids, by like 26 of them, I think. Uh, and this is the most well-known of them. He um, garnered some prizes and things for, for this book in particular. And it's loosely based off of a true story of a woman who did live on an island of San Nicholas off the coast of California and had... Uh, there's there's variations of this, but yeah, it's loosely, very loosely based off of that. Let's get into the first theme, and this is animals, the band-aid for loneliness. So, what are they? What are they doing for the? So, what we see in this book, there's a lot of variety in this island, and this was before overfishing, this was before, you know, industrialization and things like this. So, they're super abundant, they are everywhere, and it's very descriptive of it. And we see Karana, as she meets all of these different animals so we see playful ad- otters, we see these loyal dogs, uh, we see a find a sneaky fox, uh, violent sea elephants um, and seals, of the devilfish, which is what we assume to be a, a a large squid or a large octopus, all these types of birds and things like this. So there's just a lot of it in this book, and their variety is is uh, all all too apparent. What we kind of see is like when we when she encounters them, there's a lot of purpose behind them you know the cormorants these birds they are for their feathers the otters they're kind of for the just playful and but sometimes you can use them for their skin the devilfish, that's like you know really tasty food the dogs they're kind of things to watch out for but you can maybe tame them and as we go through this we just see oh basically there's always a purpose and uh, it's, they're rarely there just because they're rarely just existing at least in her world as just a another animal or just another thing and a lot of it is her reaction to them how she looks at them so i'm going to jump on to page 169 here and what we see is that she has a a, a, i suppose a a, an awakening a different perspective after she lives on her own and is encountering all these animals and she basically says like "I, i don't want to kill them anymore and so she comes to this Ulape, that's her sister, would have laughed at me, and others would have laughed too, my father most of all. Yet this is the way I felt about the animals, who had become my friends, and those who were not, but in time could be. If Ulape and my father had come back and laughed, and all the others had come back and laughed, still I would have felt the same way, for animals and birds are like people too though they do not talk the same or do the same things. Without them, the earth would be an unhappy place. And yeah, I think we see this for her because she really tames this dog to solve her loneliness. So um, initially she's on her own for um, this long period after her her brother passes away. And uh, she basically tames this dog and calls him Rontu. And Rontu's her companion. He joins her on all the fishing trips He's very much a, an active part of her life and helps to kind of stave off this loneliness she feels being on her own. And then after Rontu dies, she gets another dog called Aru, which I think means uh, like small Rontu. <laughs> and what we see, though, is this can't heal at all. So it is a somewhat band-aid of a solution because she is just desperate for connection and she does some rather wild things to try and find this connection earlier on in the book she really goes out and tries to find a, a, a her tribe and so she goes on a canoe out into the ocean it starts to leak she basically has to you know race back to the island barely makes it uh and she also tries to avoid reminders of People because they they just hurt so bad so we see this with uh, the old village which she um does something with i'll get onto that soon and we also see this with a a cave of her ancestors ancestors which she finds which is full of these kind of mummified people and she just wants nothing to do with it and is kind of scared of it and and fearful so we really see even though animals can help stave off this loneliness there is just something about the human connection of the human speech of interacting with others that is just so so needed, and she will even risk her life to to do that, and she does that with um, befriending a lady or a woman who is living with the Alouette hunters who had previously kind of massacred her tribe, and she interacts with this girl just because she needs something so the only thing I would add to this is just from that quote I read they the animals." I wouldn't say it's an unhappy world without them, but it is unhappier. So they definitely help a lot, but it's not like animals are the cure to happiness or the cure to loneliness. They they can help in some ways, but I think there is always going to be a desperate need uh, within us if we are on our own for that connection with a, with another human being. The second theme that I found from here was survival, little room for pity or nicety. And Even though the book is not framed this way, a lot of it is kind of this suck it up mentality. Uh, If you are, or or at least she, she sucks it up without complaining. So we see this when she is basically like she sleeps in water, in wind, on rocks, on hard surfaces. She's always in these kind of unique situations where she is uncomfortable but just has to bear with it. Uh, she has to make some decisions in terms of ignoring rituals that her tribe had just to be able to survive. Uh, When she hurts her leg, you know, it's offending for survival and she basically has to do whatever she can to to survive in that five days to month period where her leg is, you know, really messed up. Uh, Whether she's lonely or she's bored, she always has to do preparation for winter for the coming of the season because if she doesn't do the work, she will starve. (laughs) So, there's always these extra things that need to be done. There's little time. Even though she has time to to kind of mess around sometimes, there is always this underlying thing where you have to be making decisions that are related to survival and you can't really have pity or nicety within this. And so, reality wins so much of the time in this book. It's almost ruthless in the fact that things just are brutal and she just has to deal with that. And, you know, she has to do this with practicality. She almost has to be ruthless with her decision-making in response to this. Now, a lot of this turns out to be habitual. So she will you know, regularly go to get food and um, find these, I think it's called abalones, which are, a, I, I believe they're a type of oyster or a type of shell or a flesh, something like that. Uh, and, there's no hint of self-pity it's never like I'm so lonely or she feels loneliness but it's never wallowing in it and using it as an excuse to not do things and I think that's pretty much just because she can't afford to do that you have to constantly be doing something to survive so I'm going to jump onto to page 5253 here where we can actually see there are some small concessions and I want to dive into I guess when you can make decisions which aren't related to survival or this practicality. So basically the setting is uh, her Her brother was left behind on the island so she jumped and to save him from the boat which she was on with all the rest of her tribe. She goes back to the island and then her brother just runs off one day and uh, she finds his basically massacred body because these wild dogs had just devoured him, kind of like got at his throat and, and killed him and he was six years old. And she's now completely on her own for the first time. And so this is what happens. Um, Yet I do remember the day that I decided I would never live in the village again. It was a morning of thick fog and the sound of far off waves breaking on the shore. I'd never noticed before how silent the village was. Fog crept in and out of the empty huts. It made shapes as it drifted. And they reminded me of all the people who were dead and those who were gone. The noise of the surf seemed to be their voices speaking. I sat for a long time, seeing these shapes and hearing their voices until the sun came out and the fog vanished. Then I made a fire against the wall of the house. When it was burned to the earth, I started a fire in another house. Thus, one by one, I destroyed them all so that there were only ashes left to mark the village of Gallasat. And so basically, she makes a decision which, yeah, it seems kind of counterintuitive. There's already uh, established dwellings. She doesn't need to fend for herself. There is kind of utensils and things in these villages but just because of the pain of living there she decides to burn it down and we do see some other decisions like this where she spares the dog Rontu um, which was the one who basically killed her brother and you know she was about to kill it or she was going to step in and help this dog when it was being uh, attacked once she'd tamed it and she went no he needs to fend for himself and so we do see there are some practical decisions which or some decisions which aren't as practical you think okay what what's her decision making here is it based on intuition is it based on experience is it based on ethics is it based on ritual and it's kind of hard to tell with some of these and I think it mixes up a lot so there are certainly things she does which are based on ritual there are some which are real practical and she goes like I need this if I want to do this uh, this thing so it's kind of funny because a lot of it, even though I was saying there is this ruthless practicality that she does have. It's not like she's a robot. It's not like she's optimizing every decision for this will create better survival. No, there's a lot of decisions which are related to, oh, I I'm going to be bored, and if I'm bored, I'm you know I'm going to go insane here. So I need to create a task for myself. I want to try and kill this devilfish, so I'll create this uh, this spear and this all these other things. I want to do this I want to do that and it's a lot of it is not purely survival based but it is also trying to have a good life as well so there is it's it's funny there's for survival there's little room when it's when it comes to like the essential things of what it is to to live zero pity zero niceties but once you kind of have that then it drifts to this next thing which is okay maybe I can do this and maybe I can do that maybe I can have some fun maybe I can do these things but when it comes to the survival part now you you, you got to be pretty ruthless I'm going to jump onto my own observations and takeaways now uh, one of the things that came for me was just personally I was looking at this and I'm like animals really do seem to be that mix for me which is they you know they can be the band-aid for loneliness they can help out but in terms of the brutality and ruthlessness and not understanding them yeah, I, I form very much in that camp, probably because I had some experiences as a child where, uh, you know, they, they just weren't great, pleasant interactions with animals. And it's it's kind of like I was trying to imagine myself. You know, if I was on this island, would I be able to trust this wild dog which she tames? Would I be able to do that? Especially after I'd seen it, you know, kill kill my little brother. There's a lot of decisions where I go, oh, yeah, I'm not sure I'd be that comfortable with the with uh, trying to tame these animals at the, at the very least or um, make friends out of them. So that was just a personal one for me. Another thing that jumped out at me was the survival skills. And this is, w- once again, thinking, I think this, good, this book is good for putting yourself in, in their shoes and going like, okay, if I was in her shoes, what would I behave like? What would I do? Would I be able to survive? And so uh, especially the survival skills. So jumping over to here. Uh, "'Storms came early with rain, and between the rains, fierce winds struck the island and filled the air with sand. "'During this time, I made myself another dress, but most of the days I spent fashioning a spear to catch the giant devilfish. i had seen the spear made as i had seen my father make bows and arrows, yet I knew little about it, no more than I had about the others. "'Still, I remembered how it looked and how it was used. "'From these memories, I made it after many errors and many hours of work, "'sitting on the floor while Rontu slept nearby and the storms beat upon the roof.'" So, what we can kind of see here is if you want to survive, you actually need to have a, a fair bit of stored up knowledge anyway. And at the very least, a an, an idea, an object needs to have been created. And maybe you can recreate it, but you need to have the idea. And so, for this, there was a particular spear needed to catch this devilfish, this um, large octopus, which basically would detach and let a, a line draw out so you could kind of Spear it and then let it uh, get away from you a bit, and then dra- gradually drag it in. And I was just going, "Man, have I got it? Nah, I think <laughs> think if I was on the island with my current skills, with my current knowledge, I'd I'd die pretty quick. I don't I don't have the practicality as well, the the hands on necessary, the tinkering. Just before the recording of this, I was trying to fix up my audio, and there was this kind of squealing noise coming in. And I was trying out different variations of like microphones and things like this. And honestly, I didn't have the patience to do the necessary, you know, 40 different variations of things, of cables and things to figure out exactly what the root cause of the problem is. I just got something good enough and was like, okay, that's it. So definitely this practicality, if you want to survive on your own, you got to be kind of like carpenter mechanic level of knowledge of working with your hands and creating things because once stuff breaks and is gone you know it it doesn't come back unless you create it so kind of interesting with that the final observation for me was uh, I do like to do a bit of research into these books and uh, once I've created my own notes just see what other people have thought about it what stands out for them and man even the most positive of books can still get these critics where you just go, why are you whining about this or or saying these things? So basically, this book, right? It's uh, very very positive in terms of the native tribes, in terms of women, in terms of children, in terms of like female empowerment, and still someone <laughs> and some people would complain about how oh you know it's it's um, dehumanizing the natives because basically the Europeans come along and wipe them all out. And it's just like, well, that's just fucking reality. You know, (laughs) it's, that's just how things went. It doesn't mean it's a condoning of it or saying this was a good thing. It's just like, this is what happened. So it's so funny just seeing where someone will create something and there's, there always seems to be like a a critique and look, I get it. I do a book review channel and maybe some of the things I say about some books do seem like that, but I'm never like attacking the author's intentions of creating the book. I'm sure they wanted to create the best book that they could and I just receive it differently. But <laughs> it's it's always funny. It's always funny when I see those things. So, and anyway, in summary, um, it's a nice but it's a sad story at the same time. Ultimately, it's made for kids. So, you know, that's going to very much sway my overall opinion of it um, and my enjoyment of it. Uh, but I would be curious to know how kids respond to this. So if you do have a kid, how did they respond to it? Would they? What lessons would they draw from it? What questions um, do they ask? Because there's quite a few very different things to, to drag out from this. They could be curious about the native tribes. They could be curious about how she responds. They could be curious about the animals. They could be curious about the otters or the Alouette hunters. Why did these two groups of humans fight? What were they fighting over? and this is right at the start of the novel um it's it's one of those books where it's cool because there's so many themes and you can just dive in and and find what's interesting for you for which in this case for me was about the animals and uh, about survival so would i come back to this yeah sure not for myself personally but maybe if i had a kid yeah i would i would um this would be the type of book i would do so um personally for me uh, giving an overall rating i would say you know, it's kind of a 2 out of 10 for me. I didn't really take this much from it. But for a kid, I could see this being like an 8 out of 10 maybe. So overall, I'm going to give the book Island of the Blue Dolphins by Scott O'Dell a 5 out of 10. You know, take it for what it is. And if you do have children, maybe this is the type of book that they would be interested in, especially if it's related to kind of the, you know, a dumbed, a, 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 not a dumbed down, a, a children, a children's version of the robertson crusoe living on an island site type of deal so yeah there's a, a recommendation for for those of you at home and that is it for today my main lights, thank you for joining me to the end of this audio what are your thoughts on island of the blue dolphins on scott o'dell on animals on survival i would love to know all of these things have you read this to your child what were their response i would really really love to know that the best way of doing that is by sending in a boostogram So if you're listening right now on whatever podcast app you're on, I would just recommend checking out a uh, an app where you can actually send me a message directly within it. Um, so this is not things like Spotify or Apple. This is more things like Fountain or Podverse or Castomatic. And what you can do this is also help support the show at the same time because uh, to, do, to do that, to send that message, you do need to send in... Uh, some money at the same time and so that really does help me and the show and we always call you out and thank you personally for that the end of month book recaps and it is just a great way of being able to contact me directly Um, it's the most easiest way that i find um, of me seeing it if you want to you can also get in contact with any of the links down below in the show notes um, and also support the show via paypal if you want to do that so yeah, really do appreciate that. And yeah, we'd just love to hear feedback of books that you think that you enjoy, that you think other kids would enjoy, things like that. Um, really, really do appreciate just knowing that someone is, is listening and, um, and enjoying this. So I'm going to leave it there for today. Thank you so much for joining me. And until the next time, ciao for now. Kyron out.